Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. This is pop art painter Jamie Rocks here. This is the big show. You found it. I sure am glad you did. Uh, very exciting, very exciting today. It's, man, it's a beautiful day here in South Florida. I am uh, liking this weather. I wish it would stay this way year-round, but I know it won't. We're having our, our little stint of uh, uh, good weather right now, and then it's going to start to get hot very, very soon, hot and humid. And that's just how, how it is here. Uh, but today, uh, we, I just watched this movie the other night, and I really, really enjoyed uh, it's an uh, upcoming movie. Uh, it's called um, The Welder, and we've got the co-writer and director, Mr. David Liz, on with us today. And I'm, I think that's super cool because this is a super cool movie. David, how are you? Hey, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. And I'm also enjoying the South Florida weather right now because that's where I live, and that's where the welder was shot as well. So, um, man, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having nice. me on the show. Absolutely, absolutely. Which area are you in? I'm in Miami Lakes. So that's nice. like, uh, do you know the area, that area? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm up in Deerfield Beach, um, just south of Boca. Um, that neck okay. of the woods up in there. Uh, but we oh, get down yeah, there a lot. And oh, I yeah, I grew up in Hialeah. Okay, okay. Nice. You heard of Hialeah? That's where all the Cubans oh, live. That's right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for those who don't know, if you go to Hialeah, listen closely. You don't even have to listen that closely. You'll hear the slapping of dominoes. That happens <laughs> all the time there. And uh, you'll never get better coffee or better food, let me tell you that. Nice people. Great area. I saw yeah. in the IMDb that the welder was shot in uh, down in Homestead, which is that's like I think Homestead is what the southernest most suburb of Miami. That's correct. Absolutely, it was shot about an hour south of Miami, and um, just like you were mentioning in your intro about how this weather is is very fleeting, and in the summertime it just gets terribly hot. Well. We know all about it because we shot in the dead of summer Oh man! <laughs> with 100% humidity. And as you saw, the film takes place for the majority outdoors. So uh, we, yeah, we, uh, it's not for shoot. <laughs> we had no other choice. You know, if it was up to me, I would have shot this time of year, but it was kind of like where, um, where, where we had the time of year we had to shoot just cause uh, the timing was, based on the on the funding and everything anyways oh yeah i don't want to get into it that much but point is that we had to shoot in the summer so it made it a little bit harder but all the challenges in retrospect they they're kind of endearing now and we we remember that uh absolutely uh, <laughs> absolutely and for those who's listening to that don't realize you may live in a up north or somewhere else um in Florida, especially South Florida, it is the exact opposite. You know how in the wintertime, if it's cold where you live, you'll stay inside all the time? In the summer, 
that's when we all stay inside. It's it's what the locals <laughs> yeah. refer to. And these are all things I'm not from here. So these are I've lived here about 10 years. These are things I've picked up. But there's uh, yeah. this time of year between Thanksgiving and Easter is what they call season. And that's when all the snowbirds come and everything's expensive. Yeah. Prices go up. And so what that means is exactly um, what David was saying is, is in the off season. Well, let me put it this way. If you spend any time down here uh, and you go to any weddings, if they're trying to save money, <laughs> yeah, you're going no when it's hot. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's, that's it's, right. It's a hot day to wear a tie, but you got to do it. You got to do it, man. Yeah. It's just part of it. Um, yeah. You know, unless you have cool friends that do the beach wedding. Um, you can get married and get a tan at the same time. Right. That's right. <laughs> I've been to a couple of them. I, you know, I, I, it makes sense to me. I couldn't sell the wife on it, but, um, you know, <laughs> she had yeah, a vision. She had yeah. a vision. And, hey, you know, I, I, you know that I just got married in December. I'm a, I'm a newlywed. And no. I was trying to get my fiance at the time to agree to get married in the summer because We'd save a bunch of money if we did that. Uh, and oh, absolutely. She, would, she wouldn't have it. She'd rather spend a little bit more, and we got married in December. So, you know, I'm Oh, it happened. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, the weirdest thing about marriages, and I've only been in a couple, um, but this <laughs> one, the one I'm in now, uh, it's very strange. I don't know if this happens for men. It hasn't happened to me. Maybe I'm just a creep or a jerk or something. I don't know. But um, my wife got a little depressed after the marriage, uh, you know, after the ceremony. And, um, you know, I guess she was looking at me going, what did I do? No, 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 <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. What it was is all the planning and the hype and, and you know, yeah. that had finished, you know. It's, it's the day after the, big, after the big movie premiere, you know. You're, That's right. You're, all of that done, work like, is now behind you, right? And it's like, now right. what? Exactly. Now, exactly. Now, now you start a new project. You start uh, fixing up the house or you start right. planning the next thing that you want to do. So I don't true. know. It's so true. We got married a week before everything shut down with the pandemic. So oh, I had, really? You know, oh, man. Yeah, it was crazy. Matter of fact, it was so funny. And we're getting far afield. We're going to get back to the movie, folks. I promise. promise. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've told no, this, this story so many combo. times. Yeah. Well, you're from Florida, so you and you. If you're not one of these people, you've probably met one of these people. Uh, a lot of people from Florida uh, go to the Church of Disney, and my wife and her family are uh, definitely in that. You know, we we go to Disney yeah. five times a year. You know, maybe sometimes yeah. six more if we if she could. You know, if I didn't put my foot oh, yeah, four to go. But yeah. um, my wife is the same. Oh one. yeah. So, you know, she's like, well, I want to go on a, on a round-the-world tour for our honeymoon. I'm like, Epcot it is, baby. Epcot it is. That's where we're going. Um, you know, there you go. It's a three-hour yeah. drive. That's what we're doing. That's perfect. So we were up at Epcot, and uh, and my best friend from high school was at the wedding uh, before we went to Epcot, and we were kind of joking about the whole COVID. This is terrible. I can't even admit, believe I'm admitting this. But we're, we're yeah. <laughs> kind of laughing about it. We're like, oh, everybody's just, it's like Ebola. It's not, it, it'll ha- be terrible for West Africa, but we'll be fine, you know? Yeah. So we're, my <laughs> smug ass is sitting, we're at some expensive, uh, 
I don't know. It was one of those Japanese steakhouses at Epcot, you know, where they cut up an onion and make a volcano and you sit yeah, with yeah. people at table. So we're sitting in there, and I don't use a cell phone, not for any big political reason, ladies and gentlemen. It's just cheap. I'm always with my wife. She has one. Why do I need one, you know? I got a voicemail. I'm happy with that. I like people not being able to get a hold of me if possible. Um, but, you know, that's just me. So we're sitting at this table, yeah. and everybody's phone starts going off. And I swear to God, it was like a movie. I'm like, what the hell is going Are the missiles coming in? What's going on, you know? Yeah. And everybody, the color is draining from everyone's face. And my wife looks at me, and she's like, they're closing the park. And I'm like, wait a second. What? Disney is walking away for $32 hamburgers? We got to get the hell out Uh-oh. of here. This is serious. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because they never leave money on the table. Um, yeah, so that's how it started out, man. It was crazy. It was crazy. That's crazy. When she was home, you know, for six months, it was, um, I wasn't used to it, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. So you, it all you get out. married and then you have to uh, just be in the house with your wife for six months straight. Like, if you survive that, you're going to survive 30 years or more. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. She almost lost it. it you know, it, it was, well, people asked me, it was funny when it was happening. Everybody's like, are you doing okay, Jamie? You know, uh, with the, you know, you're always going to have to be, I said, man, I work from home. I'm. This is a yeah. Tuesday for me. The problem yeah. was, is what David was saying. My wife didn't work from home <laughs> up until that point. Yeah. And she was, yeah. it's hard to get things done if the wife's home. That's all not because she's buggy or any fault of her own, but she has projects and stuff, which means I have projects. Yeah. Then it's just hard to get stuff done. But, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. I know. I know exactly how it is. Yeah. During, during the pandemic. No. Uh, if you don't, David, you will learn. You will learn. Oh, yeah. I know. I mean, during the pandemic, we had to, like, share a small living room. It was basically our oh, office. Man. And, yeah. uh, you know, we lived in a, a small apartment. So it was it was uh, a, a trial of our relationship, test under fire, but it was nothing. Uh, a little bit of wine uh, didn't uh, did, couldn't 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 take care of. So a little bit of wine at the end of the evening, a nice movie on Netflix, and we survived the pandemic. Thank God. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and three cheers to your wife too, because I got to tell you, number one, I don't know how you filmmakers do it. Now my day job. Uh, is I'm a painter. I paint pictures of people and stuff, and been doing that for 20-some years. That's how I make my living. Um, And then I do the podcast on the side, you know. But, uh, you know, when I roll out of bed, I'm like, oh, i got an idea for a painting. I grab a canvas, you know. A couple days later, it's done, and potentially can return money on investment, you know. Uh, Maybe it takes a month or so. It doesn't matter. It's not. It's quick. Now, David, understand, folks, David uh, (laughs) has chosen an artistic career. When he rolls out of bed in the morning with an idea, it could be two years (laughs) before Uh that is completed or more. (laughs) And he's found a wife, a woman, that he can sell that to. I can't even imagine telling my wife, well, I got this idea, dear, and – yeah, we're not going to make any money from it for yeah. two years, but uh, it you know, may it's all or good. May not make any money, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I know exactly. She'd be like, "Well, Picasso, I guess you better start delivering pizzas or something." You know, um, 
we need a new dryer or whatever it is. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. You know, the pressure would be on. But you, you've done this and, and done it well. I, I'm Thank pretty you, impressed. Dan. Well, you know what? I, I, um, I, uh, I make my feature film, but also I have kind of a day job. And my day job is um, directing other kinds of videos for folks. So I'll do music videos. Okay. I'll, I'll direct short films. Um, I'll get hired to do uh, somebody's uh, feature film as well. So I, you know, I sharpen my skills doing my day job. And then when it's time to do my own personal projects, like the welder, I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. I kids and dogs, man, is is what I have to do. I have painted so many kids and dogs because, you know, but I tell people this, that that aren't in the creative world. um, You know, it's like the Beatles. Yes. The Beatles wanted to be weird and trippy and record the white album. They had to record I Want to Hold Your Hand and all that stuff before that to pay for the White Album so they could get to the point where they could do the White Album. And that's exactly what me and David are talking about with our our day job. You you have to – it's just part of it, man. It It is. It is. I think think there's a myth with creative in America, and maybe other places too, but uh, with creative types, filmmakers, independent musicians, uh, you know, painters, bakers, whatever, that we just get, we just sit around. Oh, it's great. We just sit around and do whatever we, we comes into our mind that we, we um, you know, we're like, ah, I want to spend some time doing this today. And then I'm going to work on that. No, it is not. There's yeah. deadlines. There's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like being Absolutely. in a cab. The meter is always running, <laughs> you know? That's right. But we, That's right. And that, we the meter is. Yeah, and the meter is the light bill, the rent, the mm-hmm. uh, internet, uh, you know, <laughs> like the, and not only that, like the you know clients want their projects done in a timely manner, and that absolutely, absolutely. And, you, and I, I, you know, I'm happy to um, be able to have my day job be something that is still related to what I love to do. It's not like I. Um, I don't know, work for a gardening company or doing something. Doing someone's and taxes then, or something. Yeah, or right. doing somebody's taxes. Like something completely unrelated. Uh, because while I'm doing other people's videos, I'm practicing for my own movies and projects. So I'm absolutely, I'm just, uh, I see myself as pretty, pretty lucky in that regard. And I'll tell anyone listening out there that is that, that has a dream, <laughs> that, that wants to, do something tricky. You want to be a rock star or, or the next Steven Spielberg, whatever. Every successful person, no matter what type of work or, or business it's in, that I've ever come across, um, I have never met people that got discovered. I, I just haven't come across those people yet. Everyone I've ever met that's successful is like David, working. And yeah. people ask me all the time, they're like, you know, in, in my world, in the art world, they're like, well, how do I become a good painter, you know, like you? And I said, well, I've been doing this every day for 20 years. And if you oh, do anything, that's how you, do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ask any athlete, repetition is key. That's you get right. good at it. And yeah. that's what David's saying. Find something. If your dream, whatever it is, is to, you know, do whatever, f- try to find your day job in, the, in that similar field or take some of the skills from that that you can apply to. That's very smart, Dave. Very smart. You know, 
Yeah, Absolutely. well, I mean, to me, it wasn't it wasn't an issue of of being intelligent <laughs> and choosing. To me, it was I tried to do other jobs at the very very beginning, um, mm. and I was just so unsatisfied, depressed. I I had to have my foot like my foot in the door of video creation and video uh, filmmaking, and so I just. And I, I always made it a priority that whatever I do for money, I got to be happy about it. So oh, yeah. for a little while, it was it was really tough. And now it's a little better, thank God. But uh, I will say that um, intelligence had nothing to do with it, unfortunately. I'm not that smart. It was necessity. <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. If I had to go get a job, I wouldn't even know how to do it um, or what, where I would go right now. You know, it's like, cool. Oh, Jamie, I always say the same thing, man. If there was a zombie apocalypse tomorrow, I would be the first one to go because I <laughs> only know how to hold a camera and tell people what to do. You know, tell them action and and cut, and that's that's all. That's my only skill. So um, <laughs> I, 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 I would survive the zombie apocalypse. Not even a single day, probably. Oh, me neither. And they go after me quick because I'm kind of chunky. You're like, oh, <laughs> that's a buffet there, buddy. Woo. Uh, uh, and it's go. hot and you can't run. I love it. <laughs> Let's go. Um, well, you know, it's 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 crazy. Let me ask you this. Now, you grew up in the uh, greater Miami area and whatnot. Were you a film kid? So I grew up more of an acting kid. So I, I, uh, okay. I loved to – I was in drama and I was in plays in school and – um, I would memorize my like the the lines from my favorite movies, but I was always into movies. And when I was around nine or ten years old, we got our first computer. I don't know if you remember the old compacts. Um, oh yeah, like the nineties. Well, this Absolutely. specific one, they came. It came with came with a web camera, and uh, with that web camera, <laughs> it had a a program where you could record, and I would record skits with my friends, and and we would um. Uh, do stop motion animation because they had like a an application where you could do that too and that's how I kind of like became interested in being behind the camera and as the years progressed you know my parents got like a camcorder and I instead of like filming family events I would shoot my own videos with my friends and it was one of those things where it evolved from being like more in front to being behind the camera and after high school I wanted to get into film school and luckily I was able to get into Florida State University. They have a very good mm-hmm. film program up there. And that's kind of like where it all, that's how it, that, that's kind of like the progression of things. And I'm just so that's like fantastic. blown away by how it's all turned out. As soon as I got out of film school, I wanted to make a feature film, but man, you know what? I, I realized as soon as I, I finished, I was like, I can't afford this. Uh, films are expensive. <laughs> To, to produce. Yeah, you picked an expensive. I don't think there's one that's more expensive. Uh, in, that in might be form. the most expensive art uh, uh, um, career in art that you can choose. And me coming from a poor background, you know, my uh, immigrant parents, and I, I grew up with my mom for the majority of my childhood, and then my stepdad came in uh, a little bit later. So really, we you know we, I come from very humble beginnings, and to aspire to be part of a field that requires so much funding is 
kind of naive, I guess, but um, little by little, you know, I just uh, wanted to make it happen. One of the great things I found, um, uh, and, and folks, listen, take notes to this. Being in a poor, number one, poor, we're talking uh, not a lot of money. Poor right. It's kind of a mental mindset. I've, I've known people yeah. that, that have money but are, are poor. You know, they, they've got that That's mentality. Um, but one of the great things about being a little cash strapped, uh, and believe me, if you're working for yourself, there's going to be peaks and valleys. If there hasn't been, get ready <laughs> because there will yeah. be. There will be tight times. That's part of it. Um, but one of the great things about it is you learn and you develop skills uh, on how to get shit done, <laughs> you know, on the Jeep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And that's a very important skill to have. Yes, it's nice to have a lot of money and be able to say, you know, oh, it's uh, oh, cars are a good example. When you're when you're a kid and you get an old we used to call hoopties, um, you know, uh, some rust bucket car that's rattling around every time you turn the engine on. Um, one of the things, and you have to carry tools with you to keep it going if you want to go anywhere, get home. Yeah. Um, one of the great things about that is you learn how it works. You know, you learn, okay, I got to do this, or I got to keep cooling it, whatever it is. And when you're later in life, when, when you've got money and you take your car to a mechanic and they try to spin some you know, some BS on you. you. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Saves you a lot more money later. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's and cool. You, yeah. And you know the good thing, too, about growing up uh, without very much money is I had to learn all of the positions in the field that I want to get into in filmmaking. I had to learn about sound. I had to learn about being behind the camera as a DP right. or cinematographer. I had to learn about working with actors, I had to learn about writing. I couldn't just pay somebody to do, to fill those positions. Um, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. That old saying goes, right? And when right. you don't have a lot of funds in a career that requires a lot of funds, you become very creative. And um, that's definitely uh, what, the, I mean, the philosophy I've, I've had to live by my whole life and definitely I applied it when producing the welder. And now folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www dot jamie rocks dot us www dot j a m i e r o x x dot us Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store. It's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and a 
accessories. The Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Rockscare, the online webshop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings, from La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. Well, I'm telling you, the great thing about The Welder is this is an independent film, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't know, but I'm, I'm assuming, I probably shouldn't, but uh, there's a term that goes around that I've picked up hanging out with film folk, um, called micro budget meaning yeah you're making this on the cheap <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's right of that is and this film does not have that micro budget vibe to it though david it really doesn't thank you um i was thank very you, impressed thank with uh you know the cinematography there's a lot of stuff that goes into film that most people take for granted 
you know, light and all. Until you see an example, you're like, man, I can't see anything. And it's, what, they shoot this in the dark, you know, behind a yeah. nylon stocking? What, yeah. what is, what's up with this? Um, yeah. And I've seen those films, you know. Yeah, Jamie, and you, you know, it's important for me. Yeah, I, I was, I was, I've seen a lot of bad cinematography and indie films, and that was one of the priorities for me. Like, I don't want this to be one of those indie films where everything is shaky, everything is dark, the sound is terrible. I wanted it to look good. You know, I always say a million dollar look, shoestring budget, um, and and. There are ways. That's that's where the creativity comes into play. Like, how do we make this movie look premium, even if we don't have the necessarily all the tools to make it look a certain way? And I think that just you know that was a priority for me, and I wanted. I, I think that that's why the cinematography looks the way it does. It's just we didn't we didn't want to we didn't want to um, make that mistake we wanted it to feel good and that's another thing too because when you don't have a famous face you don't have brad pitt in your movie um and you're you're telling a, a story with a a concept that's quite out there like let's be honest the welder has a very out there concept and then oh, on does, top of that's that, great yeah yeah but then also that's the one you haven't seen a hundred times yeah you know? yeah exactly that, that that was our only ace in the hole, really. Like the the concept is quite unique in 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 the sense that it's not really seen very often. But then, what if we would have had terrible cinematography and terrible sound? I mean, it would have. It's just too many things, right? We want we want right, to make right. it right, right, and it would get lost. Exactly, it would get we wanted lost. to make it palatable, and I think, yeah, we didn't want it to get lost. Definitely, Jamie. Well, absolutely, it is. It's very, you know, and I don't want to give anything away. I want people to watch this because it's such a cool film. And really, I can tell I'm not in the film business. I'm, I'm your friend that you have that's really into film, though. I have a backyard theater. I make my friends watch movies with subtitles. And, you know, I'm one of those guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> my friends are all rolling their eyes going, yeah, we know, Jamie. We know. <laughs> can we at least watch a Hitchcock movie we've all heard of? No, no, you can't because this is genius. Uh, no, but the uh, this film, one of the things I really dug about this film, it really number one, it pays homage. It's a slow burn. It is, and I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. It's done well. It's a slow burn done well. Kind of reminds me of some of those, and I'm not saying this because the film's dated by any means. Do you remember like the right. Hammer films um, that that were those slow burn classics from like the the early to mid seventies, you know, coming out of England. That's exactly. Those are those are my favorite type of horror films, and I wanted to pay homage to them. That's exactly where. I mean, you picked up on it right away, Jamie. That's exactly what we were doing. We we're trying to create one of those slow burn horror films that um, allows you to learn about the characters, lets you spend time with the characters, and by the end of it, when shit hits the fan. You actually care mm-hmm. for these characters. Absolutely, right? you spend time with them. Oh yeah, and it's it's so great. This is one of those movies that that I call like a spider sense, the spider sense tingly movie because you know something is a little off. You're like, why am I feeling this way? What? what yeah. I don't because the reveal doesn't happen till what the third act, and and you're like, oh. Ah, ah. 
ah, you know, then the terror comes. And you're like, holy moly. Yeah. And one of the crazy things, too, is this, you know, I don't know if it was said, I can't remember in the film if they called it an Airbnb or whatnot, but we live in that era now. And frankly, those scare, those terrify me. That whole idea, I'm like, you know, yeah. no. Um, I would rather stay in a Marriott than in Joe Schmo's yeah. house that has cameras everywhere or who knows. I watched a film a couple years ago called The Collector where this guy like set up all these traps in a house. And, um, oh, wow. and people are like, what are you talking about, James? Look, the phone rang and the guy picks the phone up and it's got a sharp, long needle in the end of the phone. He puts it up to his head. Um Oh, you know, wow. you would never think, you know, but yeah, what I hear yeah. is when people say, yeah, we're going to stay in an Airbnb. I'm like, no, I'll, <laughs> you guys stay there. I'm going to a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Too I mean, many we were playing with that things. too as well. We're like, what if you go to this Airbnb type place and it turns out to be a complete nightmare. And that's part of the premise definitely of the film. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so well done. It's so well done. And you're getting into, you know, there's some, some racism type stuff in there that, yeah. you know, is the, the terrifying chapter of the life we live. You know, I mean, I don't care what your race is. You live in a, our society. It's there. And yeah, that's true. obviously there. It's not even subtle anymore. <laughs> you know, it's done on the down low. It is in your face. Um, and I think it's great yeah. that you are addressing some of that in a, in a way. Well, I think it, we, we really wanted to, we saw like a hole in the market a little bit, like, uh, in horror films where we mm. felt that there aren't enough horror films out there that have a social issue that address a right. social issue. I mean, they exist. They're out there. The movie get out is a good example of one. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we felt that there weren't, that those kinds of stories weren't being told within the horror genre. And, and so we felt, Hey, why, why don't we do it? Why don't we address it? Let's, because the thing is that also I like, I want to tell story. I want to tell stories that are relevant, that uh, have a message behind them. I don't want to just tell a story for the sake of telling a story. I want there to be like a deeper meaning behind right. it. And, and then that's, that's, that's really why we chose to to tell a movie that spoke about so many different issues, not just racism, but also PTSD um, mm-hmm. with uh, with Camilla's character Elisa, and uh, you know a, a, a few others. But I don't want to get into it too much because I'm, I'm I'm scared to ruin uh, the movie for anybody. Uh, right, right. I know. I, I hear movie, what you're saying. After the movie comes out, I'm happy to come back on and talk about spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I was just thinking about this yesterday during my show yesterday. We, I'm like, because I'm sitting here where, where I'm having a conversation uh, with someone, and, and I'm thinking to myself, my internal monologue is happening. I'm like, man, how many shows are you going to do, Jamie, where you're tiptoeing around all the uh, the meaty questions? But we have all the to, good folks. We, yeah, because the, the films haven't been released yet. You know, we do a pre-release uh, show, meaning, you know, we, we're trying to tell you something cool is coming up um, without ruining it for you. Because, you know, right. 
If you've ever been to a magic show, you don't want to know how the rabbit is pulled out of the hat. You think you want to know um, that you'll be very disappointed <laughs> if you do know. Yeah. It's not nearly as cool. Movies are the same way. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. Hey, rockers. This is Stacey Lane Wilson, author and editor of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series. I have a new podcast that features interviews with musicians, artists, authors, filmmakers, and music historians. In season one, I interview Phil Susan from Ozzy Osbourne's band, Scott Crawford, the director of the Cream Magazine documentary, Lisa S. Johnson, the award-winning author and photographer of the books 108 Rockstar Guitars and Immortal Axes, just to name a few. The Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast explores the dark and mysterious and sometimes funny side of music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. Enjoy on RSS or anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember... T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and, of course, the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A. L-B-I-O-N.com, MichelleAubion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. One of the great things also um, that I loved was seeing some minorities in super important parts. And I know, you know, what does this have? Seven cast members? Five? Six cast members, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very few, um, very small cast. It was five in total, um, not counting mm-hmm. a few extras here and there, but uh, five basically main characters. You see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Actually, well, it's cool sorry, seeing six, minorities six. in those important positions, you know, um, especially yeah, in the board because you don't, yeah. you don't see it that much, you know. You don't see it that much, especially with like, um, you see whenever I feel like every time you see a Latino person in a in a, protag- a, pro- a protagonist role, they're a caricature of themselves. Like they're um, like you see like the, the Sofia Vergara's of the world with the super thick accents, which is is all fine and dandy, but that's not how she speaks in real life. She's putting on, on a character. I wanted I wanted to portray a Latina in a film uh, where she was sure she had her accent, but she was being natural and being herself and. And the entire uh, cast, except for uh, the role of Dr. Godwin, was played by minorities. So it, me as a minority, I just wanted to represent my own people, and um, and why not, you know? And might as well. Absolutely. <laughs> now, if Sophia happens to be listening, Sophia, I love watching uh, your legs in films. You know, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's me great. too. Hey, hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a fan of hers. But I, I feel like no, you know, those characters are are, play, are are a little bit dated right now. I, they, uh, oh, they the are. Are, they are. Everybody's a gang member trying to work their way out of the gang or, you know, their yeah. mother's at risk or something. You know, it's, it, it's the law and order-ness of uh, ideas, you know. Exactly. Um, <laughs> That's true. And, you know, the thing is, is uh, I believe Camilla in this, Eliza. In, in the uh, the film and Don too, um, these are people that I've never met but that I know because I have met people like them, you know, um, and you know you're rooting for them. You're rooting for them. I, I don't know many Doctor God ones. Maybe one or two. I don't invite them to parties, <laughs> uh, but you know, maybe I should. Thank I don't. goodness. No, we I know we don't have too many of those in our society, right? No, no. But I'm telling you, one of the great things uh, that you captured with that character. Now, to me, I you know since doing the show, been doing the show almost ten years now. Um, oh wow! Is I've watched a lot of movies. You know, this is episode I don't know, one thousand and forty or thirteen hundred and something. I don't. It doesn't. I don't. Oh wow! I can't keep track anymore. But that's a lot of movies yeah. to watch. You know. Um, sure. But the thing is, what I did like about that character is it taps, people ask me all the time, and I do some horror art and this and that, and they say, what really, you know, what are you scared of, Jamie? Is it, is it vampires? Is it ghosts? Werewolves? What, you know, what freaks you out? I'm like, two things, two things. When I watch the news and I see some news story about some guy that's kept gals prisoner in his basement for 14 years and repeatedly raped and cut him up or whatever, that scares yeah. the shit out of me. You know, yeah, because there's people out there like that. And they, the, the part is, is the length of time. Everybody's like, you know, one of those people, you see the news story and they're like, oh, the guy was totally normal. You know, I, I didn't know he had heads in his freezer. You know, he totally was a normal yeah. guy. Cutting the trash <laughs> every Wednesday. You know, exactly. um, those exactly. people scare the hell out of me. And um, now, you know, also uh, zombies, not the kind you're thinking of, folks. Uh, not the post-apocalyptic Walking Dead zombies. I can get away from them. I can probably, you know, I'm partially educated. I could probably figure out a way to do okay. Um, you know, I'm not going to go live right. in a mall, um, but, but yeah. I'll be all right uh, for the most part, even though we were talking about it earlier. If I can, you know, find a bike or something to ride. Nobody ever rides bicycles in those movies. Um, I know, anyway, right? 
<laughs> you don't need a gas. You don't need that work on an engine. Right there. The the type of zombies that scare me are the Caribbean ones. <laughs> you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know. If time. somebody left a cut-up chicken on my porch, I'm not into all this stuff, but uh, my I would definitely have my wife out there with some sage, you know, doing something. Um, the voodoo. We'd get a priest over quick. I'm not religious, <laughs> you know. But I don't mess with that kind of stuff. It's uh, That scares me. But yeah, man. not yeah. because I believe it's true or anything, but I know that people, there are people that do believe it's true, you know? That's yeah, true. It's, uh, I mean, it's crazy. I the want... power of belief, man. Belief is oh yeah, is quite a thing, you know? You, you can believe yourself into being sick. You can believe yourself into being well. And, uh, it's, and I don't know if how much somebody else's belief influences your own life, like those that believe in voodoo, for example, and they like throw it, throw a dead chicken on your front porch. Like, will that affect me if I don't believe? It? I don't know, but I don't want to test any theory. Right? I yeah, I don't want to be tied up to a stake somewhere, and uh, because they're believing something will happen, you know. Um, right. But you did capture that with Doctor Goodwin in this that that he was kind of this normal guy that was just a little off, but not enough where you could really put your finger on it. You know, and I don't, again, I don't want to give anything away. Um, Great, great writing on that. I I totally dug the character. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you about belief, too. I bet there was a time, David, when you were making this film, and maybe not, maybe I'm wrong, you know, but um, the phone was, you were dreading answering the phone, you know, producers and investors are calling, going, what the hell, David, what the hell? When am I going to get my money? Um, yeah. Maybe that's just my world where that happens. Uh, but, you know, you had to believe <laughs> to get this thing made, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yes. At some point, yeah, definitely. that belief pulled you through. Jamie, let me tell you, uh, that's, that's, you're, speaking, you're speaking to me right now. That's definitely my experience. And uh, there have been moments of doubt and moments where, you know, I mean, us filmmakers, we – are very insecure artists. We, we, uh, mm. we have these ideas that we get really excited about. And, uh, when we follow through, then the insecurity comes in. And was this the idea that I was supposed to do? Like, is this idea going to flop? Is it going to work out? And am I going to be able to get my investor paid? That's really uh, true. Those thoughts really come come through. And I'm just happy that the film is finally going to come out. I want people to see it, and that's like uh, I want people to either love it or hate it, but but watch it and come up with right. their own opinions, and, and then hopefully it makes a splash. That's really what what we're trying to do. We're trying to tell a movie, uh, tell a story about a, a subject that a lot of people can relate to in a way that's entertaining but also slow burn and has a nice interesting payoff at the end with a very unique concept um i think i think we have something here but hey the people will will tell us now when it comes out on february oh, I'm you. well i'll tell you some people and these cats kind of know what the hell they're doing um and by i'm joking there folks they absolutely know what the hell they're doing and that's terror films uh, yes, and you know that's a pretty big name, and 
they signed on board with it. You know, they, they said, hey, David, you think you got something here? That's pretty yeah. awesome, man. <laughs> you know? Terror films have been so, so cool. I really enjoyed working with them. And um, trust me, we were approached by dozens of distributors, and I really uh, felt that Terror Films was the right match for for the welder and just like the way they operate they keep us filmmakers in the know like i i'm a big fan of terror films now and i i'm so happy that they're representing and distributing the film so i'm i'm a i'm a happy camper oh yeah absolutely man like i said they they they're they're on it this is what they do and you know it's, it's interesting what i like about terror films um and again, I'm not an insider into the world of film distribution, people. It's just, I've been around it a little bit, um, and, and I'm just a, somebody from the outside looking in. Uh, but one of the things I really dig about them is, unlike other distribution agencies that, that scattershot uh, what, they, what they put out, um, Terror Film knows horror. Uh, I imagine, I've never met anybody from terror films in person, but I imagine they're a bunch of film nerds like me, <laughs> you know, they're yeah. like, Oh yeah. You know, they're, it's all they talk about and do. And, you know, probably yeah. really cool. That they're like also filmmakers themselves. So they understand the process. They understand that right. the world of distribution is a, is a scary place for a filmmaker because the world of filmmaking and the world of distribution are two different worlds. And there's a lot of sharks, it, um, oh yeah! Working I don't know how you do it. No, yeah, it's hard to. When, when you were saying I, when you were approached by all these people, because you, I have, I know you've heard it. I have definitely heard it. Uh, the horror story, you know, where people, well, they needed us to put this into, you know, and or people get their film tied up with, well, they own the rights now for the next twenty-eight years, uh, or something crazy, you know. And uh, yeah, and it's terrible. They shelve your movie. That's the problem. Like they, a lot of these distributors, they're just aggregators. They grab, mm-hmm. they, they, they basically take as many films as they can get. They throw them against the wall and see which one sticks. And if yours doesn't stick, you're basically screwed. So you're right. After two years for, of hard work. Absolutely. And how? What a terrible fate, right? But not Terror oh. Films. Terror Films takes your film. They market it. Hey, we're on this call right now because of terror films and they have set up a bunch of calls as well just to keep get the word out there about the movie so they they really really are um working for the filmmaker have the filmmakers best interest at mind because they are filmmakers and they understand the plight of the filmmakers so i give them a lot of props i really do oh absolutely and the cool thing is the very cool thing is, is now you have that in your repertoire, you know, when you're doing those pitch meetings and, and stuff. And, you know, um, people notice that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, they do. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell oh, you, in my world, it's a pain in the neck dealing with gallery. Every gallery is different. They all want, you know, a bigger piece of the pie than the last person has. There's, there's all this stuff behind the scenes that people don't realize. Um, you know, they just go into an art gallery and they're like, oh, you yeah. uh, know, but and I'm not complaining, but I'm saying it's a pain in the neck. But you have to do it because when you're doing those pitch meetings and stuff, people look at that kind of stuff. They're like, oh, 
this guy's had 80 some shows at this gallery or, you know, he's worked with these people and, you know, they haven't killed him. So maybe we should take it. Yeah. And, you know, it, it works out, <laughs> you know, so it's very, it very does. cool. Hey, I just looked at your IMDb page, man. This is a nice one. Look at this. Look at all this stuff, <laughs> man. Directors thank you, thank Guild you. of America, all this kind of stuff, you know, look at all this stuff. Very cool. Thank you. Quick question. Thank Do you, you still have the beard? The pandemic beard, or is it gone? I trimmed it down a little bit, you know. I got gotcha. you. Uh, God, God didn't give me a good chin, so I have to keep the beard for aesthetic reasons. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I've got a well, brother-in-law I, like that. Yeah, yeah. If he, so I have to if he were to shave, man, he'd look about six years old, you know. It's it's crazy. That's, that's the uh, problem, yeah. And then I got a smile like you wouldn't believe. So I, I got yeah, to keep the same it up. Way. <laughs> So oh, I gotta keep the if beard. If I try to grow a beard, though, trimmed. I had to trim it for the. Mine wedding, comes so. in uh, too much gray in it, you know, and it, it ages me about twenty years. People are like, "Oh, uh, well, you know, you you can you could have retired five years ago, Jamie." Uh, oh you know, no! At sixty-five. <laughs> and I'm no, like, no. no, I'm not there yet, man. I'm not there yet, man. Oh, hey, exactly. there's always beard dye. You could always dye it. That's true. That is, you know, it's weird though. My, uh, I had a friend of mine, uh, a, a gentleman of a certain age. Like I said, I live up by Boca, so you understand what I'm saying. Um, yeah. You know, you know, David. And he said the same thing because I was growing these. I had these big. I don't know. I, I don't know why, but I was. I couldn't really do the beard so much, so I started to do these big mutton chops, thinking they were cool. Okay. You know, hey, it'll make my face thinner. No, it won't. You just look like a you have a fat <laughs> head with mutton chops now, but. He's a, he goes, hey, what, you know, you can buy this. So I did, you know. Nobody was around. I was at CVS. felt like a 16-year-old buying condoms. But uh, it was one of those, some of the, well, the hair thing, you know, you brush it in. And so I did it, and it really, I looked like an Elvis impersonator that had just glued these things on my face. You know, <laughs> it just didn't look, they were too dark, you know. It was, oh, it was okay, crazy. Okay. It was crazy. Hey, but if you so look like cool. Elvis. That's not a bad thing. Elvis was a good-looking guy, true. man. That's true. Um, let me ask you this, because I know, and we've mentioned it time and time again, The Welder. Folks, you have to watch this. It's It's got a high rating. What has this got, like an 8 rating or a 9 rating on, on IMDb or something like that? It, it's, a, it, it's up there. Yeah, this is a very cool film. You have to see it. But I have to ask David why I've got him on the horn here, and I know we're promoting it and all this and that, I want to see more work, David. Are you working on oh, something you. that you can talk about? Yeah. Is there something yeah, in the hopper? Definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Jamie, we're um, – so first things first, we do have a script ready to be filmed um, as a sequel for The Welder. But nice. we, that's only one of the projects that we have uh, sort of like in the burner right now. We also have another horror film called Grandma, which we believe we'll mm. probably do first. And it kind of, it, it, it basically takes all of the scary elements and aspects of having Alzheimer's and mm. turns it into a horror film. So um, just without saying too much, just imagine how much, how horrible it must be to be inside the mind of somebody who is suffering through Alzheimer's and beginning to forget mm. things and encompassing all of that in 
the scope of a horror film is just quite terrifying. So that's uh, the one where we're, we're going to do next. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We have a neighbor. We have a neighbor, uh, kind of. She lives a block or so over, and I think she's coming down uh, with that or dementia or something. And um, she's – I've met her 120 times. Uh, she doesn't remember, oh. you know, and it's one of those type of deals. And uh, I don't know, it was probably about a couple weeks ago, she came to my, our door, our front door, knocked on the door to let us know we had mail. Uh, you know. She goes, well, yeah. I was walking earlier, and I saw that the mailman came by your house. Thank you. Um, you yeah. Know. And, you know, yeah, she's, that's got, tough. she's got young people she lives with. I don't know, but they're, she's always out walking. But whatever. Uh, it's not my... As my wife says, not my circus, not my monkeys, but it's just yeah. it's sad to see, you know. It's sad to it see is, because I can hit anybody, you know. It's, uh, and then put that in a horror. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Yeah. You've got a yeah, twisted mind, my, David. You've got a twisted grandma, mind, and that's a good thing. Yeah. And my grandma suffers from Alzheimer's for like 10 years, so I just like mm. I have a lot of experience in that. Like like seeing it from the outside, and then my co-writer Manny Delgadillo, his grandmother also had Alzheimer's in the last two years of her life. So mm. you know they say write what you know, and this is something that we happen to know, and uh, we find it terrifying. As filmmakers, we just want to express ourselves through our our medium, and uh, this is the story we we're thinking we want to tell next. You know. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, David, I know that we were uh, we were supposed to have Camilla on today, and uh, some stuff happened. Folks, you know how it is in showbiz. Uh, things happen, man. People get stuck on sets. All kinds of things happen. Um, and so David, you know, again, swooped in and, uh, you know, today I'll do the interview. It'll, it'll be great. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So thank you for that. And I'm so happy you did because I've made a new friend here locally. Yes. I have a, somebody very cool I can invite to parties now, although he's yeah, an hour and a half away. I'm hold you to it, man. I yeah, want to be invited. <laughs> but it's got to be a good party if you've got to fight the Miami traffic to get here. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, it's got to be a good one. Uh, Everything has to be perfect. Put me on oh, the list. man. Put me on the list. That's, that's right. And i got to find a welding helmet just to leave sitting around somewhere he gets here with his <laughs> wife. He's like, what the hell is this? You know what? What do we I, walk I'll into? i helmet. I have oh. plenty of welding helmets. I'll bring one. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is fantastic. Yeah. Do you have do you now? Hold on to those, man, because you know what? Uh, you're going to wind up seeing them in like ten years on the Antiques Roadshow or something, you know, or on the pond. Yeah, show. yeah. Well, yeah, I know Somebody... one one welder's helmet that had all of the cast sig- cast signatures on it. Um, nice. so That's actually a really nice gift. Uh, one of I forget who has it, but. That's that's out there in the world somewhere. Well, no, did, was that like a crowdfunding type deal? Did you did you do crowdfunding no, we, for this film? We didn't. No, we just had we literally had a single investor, our executive producer Sindel Santos. What an amazing guy! Actually, he hired us to do a music video for him. And when we were done filming, uh, he had like we he took us out to dinner and asked us. So what are you guys working on next? And we tell him, well, we're moving, we're thinking about wow. this uh, feature film. It's called The Welder. And he says, my father was a welder. And ah, that's, there you go. That's how yeah. that's how it happened. 
See, there you go, folks. Uh, here I am saying I haven't met people that are just – that isn't technically being discovered, but that's a very good dinner to have. That is a vi- – and, and kind of rare. <laughs> that doesn't well, hey, let time. me tell you, if we wouldn't have had the script written out, you know, if we hadn't written five scripts prior to that to sharpen our script writing abilities and, you know, we uh, – and then this opportunity presented itself, we wouldn't have been able to take advantage of it. So – uh, it's, what, is, what is it? Success is when opportunity meets preparation, and that's kind of like right. what, what happened was. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and that's you know the thing is is it's so smart, it's so smart, and that's such good advice. I don't care if you're in a band, if you're making movies, whatever you're doing. Be I tell people this all the time. Be prepared. Um, yeah, you know, uh, people love if you show up to a meeting. Um, and, and you have a folder, you know, and, and everything yeah. spelled out in it. They're like, wow, this guy's fucking prepared, you know. He knows what the hell they're doing. Here's a check. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to be. It's, as an artist, you have to be prepared. You never know what opportunity is going to come your way, especially if you're going to be a filmmaker. And I always tell every. Oh, yeah young filmmaker uh, you know how do they ask me how do you become good at this craft and i say just go out and do it film go out there and film with mm-hmm. your phone film with any camera that you have practice every day and eventually over time you're going to grow those filmmaking muscles and you're going to become a a better filmmaker uh, you don't have to go to film school i mean you, you i i loved going to film school and i had an ex- amazing experience and I I would recommend it if, if somebody has an interest in that. But you could also learn. Now you have YouTube University. You know, you can go on YouTube and just right. learn about just about anything and and go out there and practice. That's it, really. Absolutely. I have a friend of mine that loves his thing is he'll he'll get DVDs or Blu-rays or whatever it happens to be. Um, sometimes just stream. They have them on streaming where they have the behind the scenes like director breakdown. Okay, well, in this shot, we were trying to do, and he takes notes. He's like, that is a college course for me, watching a yeah. film and listening to the person who did it. Um, you know, here's a trick we did, blah, 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 you know, and you never know. <laughs> They're good yeah, tools yeah. to have in the toolbox. Oh, very, very cool. Absolutely. I can't Absolutely. believe it's been That's an hour, good. David. Oh, I my can't goodness, believe have it. we been chatting for an hour? Yeah, it seems like 20 minutes, 15 minutes, something like that. But no, it's been an hour. Oh, my. Well, you're definitely Man, coming to work. Yeah, Absolutely. You're, oh, you're, you're easy to talk to, Jamie. Well, you know, that's why you've had so, you. so many conversations with people over the years. 1,300 and something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's it. You know, it's, it's so funny. When I was in college, my, my parents were not um, – artsy people at all and uh very educated very intelligent but they were blue collar you know this is detroit and uh you know they weren't hanging out at art galleries i'll tell you that and sometimes uh, you know when i was in school art school i I got a little grand sometimes you know i'm like well you know what duchamp said you know and my father's (laughs) big standing joke i don't know if you ever saw that show frazier he would always say uh Reel it in there, Fraser Crane. Reel it in. And um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Right before he passed, we started doing the podcast. And uh, 
he, uh, I said, well, yeah, yeah, this is what's going on. This is what we're going to do. He's like, oh, just like Fraser Crane, huh? <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> not exactly, yeah, but close, probably. I guess. But, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 here we are. He's laughing very hard yeah. somewhere right now. Well, yeah, it's very definitely. cool. Now, the welder releases, we forgot. I've, there's a couple things I want to mention before we close things out. It comes out, if my notes are correct here, February 24th, right? That's right, February 24th. Nice. Worldwide release, and it'll be on Amazon and Tubi. Nice. You put it on Tubi, too. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's what Terra Films wants to do. I'm just just going along for the ride. Whatever they want, that's That's what what we're doing. They just had a couple cool Super Bowl ads, and I'll tell you, people, it's one of my favorite websites uh, for streaming is Tubi. Yeah, you have commercials or whatnot, but you get to watch a movie that just gets released. You know, how about that? It's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tubi's blowing up. Man. Very, very they're, cool. They're they're starting to get more mainstream, aren't they? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm telling you, I don't know what the check was for that commercial during the super. I watched it, and it was a weird commercial too, of course, uh, because you if you're gonna do a Super Bowl commercial, it, it should be yeah. weird. You know, if you're spending that, if you're writing that check. You go, want people to know it. Um, and they did. It, it looked like Tubi had taken over your TV. And I guess the, I was reading an article in Variety about it, and they were saying, yeah, everybody thought that they're, you know, Roku's and that stuff or something. Uh, that's cool. That works. Well, the cool thing is, is Tubi's absolutely free, folks. And if you use a Roku or PlayStation, whatever, you can get it. Um, if you're watching on your phone, I'm sure you can get the app. Uh, however you do it. But, um yeah, you can watch a commercial, you know, or with commercials, and you don't you don't have to pay for it. Uh, it. That's very very cool. And Amazon, of course, everybody knows how to use Amazon. Thank you, pandemic. I'm not saying Jeff Bezos had anything to do with the pandemic. I'm just saying <laughs> everybody knows how to use Amazon now uh, for yeah. anything. Uh, very very. I, Amazon's one of those companies where I look at and I'm like, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think of that? I would be yeah. But anyway, anyway, uh, yeah, the movie comes out. We definitely have um, links to the website, uh, thewelderfilm.com, also their Instagram and IMDb pages. Uh, right now on the show page, like I said, Camilla was going to be on. We have her contact information and what, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and all that. But that will be changing when the show uh, ends here to um, David, David Liz's stuff. So, uh, yeah, that will all be on there. Like and share, man. Check him out. Yeah. And definitely. Very, definitely. Very... No. I'm excited for this to come out. This is this has been such a great chat, and um, I feel like uh, the listeners are gonna they're gonna go for uh, they're gonna go for a ride because we talked about all sorts of stuff from the weather in South Florida, uh, <laughs> to, getting married. To, yeah, to getting married, all sorts of things, man. We didn't even talk about having Florida wives. Oh, my God. All they want are shoes, and they're always barefoot. I don't know what that's about, <laughs> but I'm buying a lot yeah. of shoes. I know that. Um, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Going to Disney. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, very, very crazy. cool. I cannot wait to uh, to see this again, and I'm definitely going to let everybody I know know about it. And folks out there listening, I want you to do the same. If you're in, if you like a cool, slow, the vibe in this movie, if you like Get Out, this movie has a similar feel, not a similar story, but a feel to it, 
You're going to dig this film. Right. This is an intelligent film, and I guarantee you, it's been a couple of days since I've seen it, and not just for the show here, it's still rattling around in my brain. I'm thinking about it. And to me, yeah, good art. Thank you. you. Know? Thank you, Jamie. That's music to my ears. Thank you so much. I, it sticks what, with like, you. I well, thank you, that. David, so much. I know it was last minute and everything, but I really appreciate it. You saved the day. And, um, you know, you're cool. My you pleasure. Know, I'm, cool. I'm happy to be on here, man. I, like I said, I'm, I'm happy to come on again and just have another chat. Absolutely. <laughs> well, now that we're buddies, I, we'll just talk about movies some night or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, sounds good to me. I, awesome. Hey, I can... My wife is rolling her eyes right now. She's listening to this in the car. Um, <laughs> she's like, yes. Yes, he does. Please, David, yeah. come back on so he can talk to you about movies. Um, awesome. It's so true. It's so, I, just, I can't oh. get into some of the stuff she watches, you know? Love Island. I asked her the other day. She what watched she, one oh, of these like she's that. She's like into reality oh. shows? Oh, she loves them. I'm like, what is this the episode where the pretty people fight? Like Jamie, that's every show. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Anyway, Annie, she just, you know, speaking of those free TV, like Tubi, uh, she just discovered there's one what she's been watching, Pluto TV. I didn't even know it was a thing. Okay. But she found it. She was telling me about it. And there was an old show in the 90s, I think it was the 90s, might have been the 2000s, called Cheaters, where it's like they, okay. they some somebody's messing around on somebody and they follow them around and film it and then they have a confrontation. There's a whole channel that plays 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, cheaters. And oh, wow. finally yesterday, I, I said, I can't handle any more cheaters here. you got to find something else to watch because I'm walking through the room and she's watching it. I'm like, should I be worried? And she's like, no, because the cameras could be out there. This show scares yeah. anybody who's thinking about that. Right, oh, right, yeah. But let's watch something else. Yeah. It's like we've already seen all the CSI Miami's, Jamie. Come on. Like, I don't want to watch those. <laughs> we could start watching them all over again from the first episode. <laughs> that's, that's right. No, we're going to watch The Welder on repeat. And that's what I want everybody there to do. There you go. Just well, put that, it on repeat. What I did while editing. I uh, watched it about a thousand yeah. times. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. That is funny. Hey. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, David. You rock. You're awesome. Thank you, Jamie. Folks, thank you. You rock, man. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I do my thing. But, ladies and gentlemen, you guys also rock. Thanks for tuning in and listening and, and making the show what it is. This episode we're going to convert to a podcast and uh, blast it out everywhere, all the streaming platforms and all the uh, social media platforms, I should say, and on all the podcasting platforms. I said it the other night. I let it slip because everybody's like, you say this every show, like how many of these because I get these emails, you have to understand, folks, and it tells me, yes, we are, I'm just kind of proud of it. I, I didn't know there was 728 different podcasting platforms, but that's how many were, that's a lot of podcasting. Wow. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if you were thinking of starting a business and your big, brilliant idea is to start a podcasting um, platform, I'm just going to say there's 728 of them already out there. Ah, you might want to. Uh, you know, I don't know. What am I saying? Follow your dream. Um, maybe there needs to be 729. But, yeah, we're on them all. So, uh, yeah, folks, uh, there you go. Of course, the majority of people um, 
you know, listen to this on Spotify and Pandora and whatnot. We appreciate that. I don't care how you listen to it. I'm glad you are. Very, very cool. We will be back tomorrow. We've got Gigi Gustin on, a new crime sh- uh, movie she's in. And uh, we're going to be uh, talking to her about that tomorrow. Very, very cool. You know me. I love crime. So uh, there you go. In entertainment, I should say. I don't like it happening to me. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, no. I try to avoid it. It's called The Last Deal. And it's, uh, you know, some uh, gangsters and marijuana farmers. There's a whole thing. We're going to be talking to Gigi tomorrow uh, afternoon about that. Same time, same channel, folks. See you then. Mr. David Liz, thank you so much for being on. My pleasure, Jamie. Thank you for having me. Anytime, anytime. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.